Welcome to Career Tools. This week, choosing a company to work for, chapter six. Here we go. Okay, and then you come to the really cynical one, which is slides and ballrooms and free food. What? <laughs> yeah, so this was my summary, uh, a summary, a short, a short phrase, which means all of the things, all of the perks that startups and companies that think or want to give the impression that they're hip and trendy have and you know free food is one of the the ones and slides between floors is something else we've heard of and you know companies where you have nap rooms and conference rooms with silly names and all that kind of stuff that makes them feel hip and trendy and one company we we all know has all of those things is google and it has all the fun things and it's a desirable company to work for everybody you know everybody's heard of it who doesn't want to work at Google, right? It's filled because they have so many people applying. It's filled with incredibly intelligent people. And according to reports that I read a couple of weeks ago, the PhDs are working on basic code because everybody is so smart that the, even the most basic stuff can be done by people with PhDs because that's the base level of their employees. And they're working four to a cube which is quite cramped by my standards. <laughs> and, you know, why Why do they offer free food and dry cleaning and everything on site? Because they don't want you to leave. Like, that's my cynical view. And, you know, there's Wi-Fi on the, on the transit buses for Google. Why? So you can work on the way to work. Yeah. Now, this is an, this is an interesting one because... I think things like slides and so run and fun stuff is unimportant to me. I will say that as a, a single dad or, and soon to be just an empty nester, if I went to work at a big company that offered food, uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner free, I would love it. It would be a, a slight plus for me. It wouldn't be the choice I would make. The choice I'd maybe be based on people and my ability to impact the world. But but I have to say that if I had a couple of companies that were roughly equal, the free food for me would be a plus because food is not a big deal to me. I don't really like to eat. I know I have to. Uh, sometimes I eat too much. But I don't want to have to think about preparing food. I want to save time. And if they're going to provide me hot food or reasonably good food for breakfast, lunch, and dinner at no charge, even if that affects my salary a little bit, in my case, because I'm not gonna have to spend time preparing it, it's probably a net win for me, even if it comes out of my salary in some fashion. Yeah. Um, and again, this is a case where you're welcome to have these things on your list, but they're gonna mean something different to you. And the point Wendy's making here is that there, there is popular press that will make it sound like, boy, this must be a great place to work, they really care about their people. When in fact, most people will say pretty quickly, if you have all that stuff and you're working with people you don't like, or you don't feel that the work you're doing is really valuable, or if you're interested in it, there's not very much upward no mobility, no amount of free food, no amount of ballrooms, no amount of slides, or other clever, cute, sort of fun stuff that makes it feel not like a company won't really last very long and won't really make that much of a difference. Absolutely. Okay, so now the more subtle things, which may be... Um, are better indicators of growth and opportunities. And most of the stuff that we just talked about is kind of macro information, and it's information that's fairly freely available, even about private companies. If you, you can, there's, there's still reports, there's still kind of gossip on, on the internet, source of all information now. But the things that are really good indicators are about what's going on 
fairly deep inside the company and so they're, they're harder to get hold of. And one of the things we repeat endlessly is have a network. And so one of the ways you're going to find this information out is by having a network, knowing somebody in the company and being able to ask these kind of questions. So the first one is institutionalized development, which sounds really, sounds really smart. And it, it's, it's a word with lots of syllables and a, and a Z, which yes. <laughs> therefore smart. Um, but unhealthy, poorly managed companies tend not to have a development plan or a track or a thing that says, you know, if you're going to be a manager, you go to this training the year before or once a year, everybody goes on a sales update course. There's no kind of plan if you want to do an MBA. Nobody's, there's no, okay, if you want to do an MBA, that's okay, but you have to do this paperwork. And and it's not that paperwork or an application process is a good thing. It's that they've thought about the fact that they want people to develop their skills and there's a way to do it in the company and it's kind of baked in. Whereas newer companies or companies that are not being well managed tend to kind of go, okay, well, we can't afford for you to go to training or we can't afford for you to take the days off or I don't want you to have an MBA because then I'll have to pay you more. And none of those things are good for your career, right? Yeah, and I'll tell you, uh, um, institutionalized development, people say, well, gee, how will I find out? Is that in the annual report? Is it in a public report? I've never, I'd like to have a network in the company, but I don't really know. There are two ways I suggest you get that. One is your network has a network. And if you're interested in a company, there's a good chance that you know somebody. If you're a listener to us, go on the forums and ask somebody, if, if somebody doesn't work there, somebody knows somebody who works there and can probably make a couple, probably ask a couple of questions for you because of the strength of the manager tools and career tools community. The other thing is, this is one of those questions you ask after you have an offer. Tell me about the development program. Now look, you might get a lot of nice words, like, of course, we try to help people develop and you know, we all want to grow people from inside. Well, those are kind of platitudes. If they don't say, here are the kind of things people are doing, or here's how that works, or show you the part where they talk about it, you should have a, a bit of concern. And there's nothing wrong, by the way, when you ask questions, once you have an offer. You don't ask this before, because that would be, you'd be guilty of where do I sit and how much do I get and when's lunch and when can I quit. But once you do have an offer, it would be okay to ask two or three people this. You would ask your putative boss. You would ask perhaps a couple of peers um, what kind of development plans um, or what, what kind of development program they offer. Um, and look, if, if people say, well, I've never been to training, but you know, they offer it, right? And, and nobody talks specifically about their development opportunities, then the best you can say is they're average or per, perhaps slightly below average. Now, you may be somebody who says, I don't need a development plan. I just want a chance to get promoted. And so if that's the case, you want to ask a question like, tell me about people who got promoted or ask everybody, if you're, particularly if you're interviewing as a manager, uh, um, ask the director where they came from. Ask the manager where they came from. If no one tells you they got promoted from within, they were all hired from outside, that may be a concern. It's not dispositive. It doesn't dispose of the, of the, of the um, criteria, 
but it's something to consider. And remember, you're going to ask all companies this that you're interviewing with, that you, that you get offers with, and so you'll be able to compare as best you can the answers from company A, company B, and company C. You're going to get slightly different information in each case, and you're going to have to use some judgment, but the more questions you ask, you can't ask five questions of every person about their development plan, but the more questions you ask, one or two questions to each person, you're going to at least be able to paint some sort of paint by numbers and you're going to be able to paint a few of the numbers in and have a rough idea. And then you're going to compare data across companies and, and grade them and then weight that in your decision-making criteria. And again, if you're on a quarter of a million, you can afford to have your own personal development management coach. And maybe this isn't important to you. Right. But when you're weighing stuff up, this is one thing you want to have on your checklist and say, yes, that's important or no, that's not important. And am I going to ask questions? about it right next we have regular advancement of good people which i've alluded to already yeah so you can reach out to your network and you talk to the people that are working in the company and you ask them like what are the advancement opportunities what kind of people are getting promotions and who's being moved so that they get um expand their their skill set and what do your contacts say so do your contacts say Oh, you know, Jim just got moved and he's such an awesome guy and I'm so glad that he got promoted. I kind of wanted that job, but, you know, he's a better guy than I am and I'm really glad that he got promoted. Or do they say, Jim got promoted and I'm really sure it's just because he has friends in high places and he knows what to say. Right. You know, you then have to judge your contact on whether or not there's a bit of, um, I want to say bitter lemon, that's not the right word. Sour grapes. Um, if there's a bit of sour grapes there or, you know, if he's just not being kind. But, you know, you know your contact and is the company promoting good people or is it just promoting people who are friends with the CEO or whatever? Exactly. Okay. And the other one, the one that I love, my favorite one is steady, successful growth. Yeah. So, you know, companies that grow slowly and steadily are the ones that last. The ones that, you know, flame out like MySpace, right? Was <laughs> big for five years and it's gone now. And if you look at the share prices of public companies, you look at the share price, I looked at Johnson & Johnson, and it's just a slow, steady climb. Even over the last five years, which haven't been great in the economy, it's just a steady upward growth that you know people are consistently buying johnson and johnson because they return consistent results and you know if the company says to you yeah we've doubled in the last six months and we've gone from 50 to 100 people that is not necessarily a sign of good opportunities or a well-managed company because that's probably too fast for those people to be effective and Again, if you want to work in that kind of environment that's kind of chaotic and a bit mad, but kind of really fast-paced and, and everything's changing every minute, then cool. But if you want the kind of slow and steady promotions and opportunities to, to widen your skill set, you probably want a bigger company that's moving more slowly, but much more steadily. Yeah, the companies that move more slowly don't tend to get the press. The companies that get the no. press are the, tens that, the companies that tend to be hot at the time. But you know, right now in 2013, the companies that are hot are Apple and Google and Facebook and maybe, I guess, Twitter. And yet, 
Apple was unhot for a long time, a long time. Uh, Microsoft used to be hot. They were hot for 10 or 15 years, although that's not an entire career. It's a good long time, and probably it would be certainly enough before you moved on to someplace else. Uh, a lot of people think they can spend five to 10 years at a company that's booming and then go to another company that's booming and so on. But getting to two or three booming companies in a row is really, really unusual. They'll probably write articles about you, which, no offense, is unlikely. So what we'd suggest is look askance, take a pause when you think, I want to go to that new, really fast-growing company. You could choose to do it because of the quality of the executives, the quality of the board, those kind of things. Those could all make a difference. And there's nothing wrong with choosing that because you want that speed, as, as Wendy says, but know what you're choosing. And taking a company that grows at half that speed but has been doing it for a good bit longer is probably a better career bet. You may be young and want to take a chance. Nothing wrong with that at all. Recognize what you're choosing. Weight that accordingly when you make your decision. And I've been guilty when I've been looking at jobs in the past of, you know, somebody told me I'd go to an interview, I'd get really excited about the job and it would sound great and I wouldn't look at any of this stuff. Unfortunately, I've always fallen on my feet and ended up in a good place, but I could have easily not because I got excited by somebody telling me, oh, you can talk to this person and you'll be recruiting for this and you can do international or whatever it was that I was then excited about and just not considering the range of things that we're kind of encouraging people to consider because it's a much more complex thing than you than than something you just get excited about. As people say, people take more time to choose where they're going on vacation than they do to choose a job. I'd be guilty of that, and it's the wrong way to go. It's the wrong way to go. Good. Okay, so hopefully we've shared some things that will cause people to diminish in their weighting, some of those common indicators that aren't good, like cash and where the product is in the marketplace. And by the way, that particularly applies to consumer products. Most people don't even know where industrial companies' products fit in the marketplace unless they have some specialty there. Company reports, probably overrated, and most people can't read them anyway. And then the fun stuff, slides and ballrooms and free foods and so on, are just probably not a reason to make a decision about a company. On the other hand, a company with development a company that advances good people, a company that shows steady and successful growth. These things are kind of old-fashioned, but you'll thank us when your company doesn't flame out because it perhaps over-invests in its people and under-invests in the really quick buck, um, but slow and steady wins the race. And if you've got a lot of healthy indicators, keep looking, keep researching, feel better about the decision. There's all kinds of evidence that Developing lots of criteria and then analyzing the criteria carefully will help you feel better about the decision you make. Then once you get an offer, ask the questions you needed answers to because once you get an offer, control passes to you. And the more opportunities you have, the better. And that might mean you need the interviewing series as well. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Wendy. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Another good week with Career Tools. Come back next week. 